With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Heart to Heart, an outreach ministry of New Vision for Life Kingdom Builders. Our ministry website is www.newvisionforlife.com, where we align our hearts with the heart of God. Please join our host, Bishop Etta Banks, as we get to the heart of matter. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is Apostle Etta Banks, your host today on Heart to Heart, where we get to the heart of the matter. And as always, it is such a pleasure to be with you here on a Sabbath morning. Such pleasure to be with you. And trust me again, that is a lot of love, a lot of love going both ways, me coming here and being with you and you coming to share with me during this hour. All of us probably would prefer to be sleeping, but we get ourselves together, whether you're lying in your bed listening to me or whatever the case may be, you have chosen to spend this hour with us. That's me and the rest of the callers and listeners online. So I just say thank you, thank you, thank you to you all. It is such a pleasure to serve, such a pleasure to serve. Also, you know that I am the pastor of New Vision for Life, Kingdom Builders, and um, we are located in the Gwen Oak area of Baltimore. So I implore you to please go to my webpage, www.newvisionforlife.com. Go there, get the times and the directions, etc., and come on out and join us on Sunday morning. We have an awesome time in the Lord, and um, it is a place truly where you will feel the love of the Lord. You will feel the love of the Lord, and in that, um, know that there are people that do care about your welfare. So I pray that you will come and join us. Know that Jesus definitely is there. The Holy Spirit is definitely there in the place with us. And so we appreciate when he manifests his glory amongst us and that that we can just experience, you know, his love and his presence. It's such an awesome experience. So um, I invite you to come and join us. Come and join us on on some wonderful Sunday morning, any Sunday morning, it's a good time to join us. So to God be the glory. Amen, 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 amen. And let me say my good mornings to Tamika Shelton. God bless you, my love. Praise God. Um, I pray that you are doing well today. And remember that greater is he that is within you than he that is in this world. Remember that in all that you say and do on this day. To her mother, Joyce, who is my um, longest-standing follower, God bless you, my love. There's none like you. There's none like you. And I thank you always. You're the first person normally that signs on in the morning, and whenever I see your number, you know, I just get this great big smile on my face. So thank you, sweetheart, for your love and for your support. And to the rest of my followers, to to Deacon Thomas Farr, who started his radio, um, uh, what, his radio I don't, career, what, I don't know what we call this, but his, um, his being in radio started it here on this show, on Heart to Heart, where we get to the heart of the matter. This is where he started. He started as being a call-in guest, just like everyone else, and he started speaking more and more uh, to me 
um, as a call-in, a caller, and then we decided that he would co-host with me. And um, and he did that for quite a while. And he's a great producer of, of uh, radio shows and TV shows. And his experience came from TV shows, but he, he helped to produce um, the radio show as well. And then, blessed be the name of the Lord, as God would have it, he started his own show, which is Issues, Christian Men Talk. Issues, Christian Men Talk. And he's had that going on for a while, and he comes on twice a week on Monday nights and Thursday nights. Um, One is at 8 and the other is at 8.30. And you can look him up on Facebook at Thomas Farr, and that's F-A-R-R. You also can look up the show on Facebook. It has its own page, Issues Christian Men Talk, and find out the exact time of the show and what's going on. Um, Deacon Farr is very, very um, active in men's ministry, very active in men's ministry and marriage ministry. And um, so I know that they've got something that will be coming up soon. And, um, you know, the men met together and put their plans together for the event that they're having. And um, he he um, he's just there, y'all. He's there. And I totally encourage you, you know, to get your husbands, your sons, your brothers, whatever the case may be, get them, number one, to either listen to the show or when we have more information to give you about the event coming up, get them to go. And this is for teenage boys as well, the the event that they're having. It is for teenage boys as well. And um, it's good training. It's very, very good training. So, um, again, I encourage you. I know the, the majority of the men at New Vision participate in the um, the events that Deacon Farr has, um, that he and several other ministers, you know, including our um, elder, Elder Mark Garns, Garns, you know, so he's one of the men that's very instrumental in the men's ministry that Deacon Farr um, runs. So I encourage you again, like I said, to get your mates um, to listen to his show and to attend the event. And when I get uh, more on the dates and times, of course, you know I will update you. I will update you. I will keep you informed because I totally, totally support what it is they're doing. I totally support it. So to God be the glory there. Excuse me. Also, I'd like to say good morning to, um, good morning to, let me see, I was talking about my regular callers, um, Prophetess uh, Kim and Prophetess Dorn and um, Minister Tabika and um, Joyce in New York, you know, and the list goes on, Isaiah in Chicago Blessed be the name of the Lord. And, you know, the list goes on and on. But thank you to each and every one of you. You know, again, like I said, when you know when, when you come to this line and you choose to come to it on a Sabbath morning, it blesses my heart. It truly does bless my heart. I encourage more and more of you um, to, to speak on whatever it is we're talking about. Speak up. Remember, this is heart to heart, where we get to the heart of the matter. And I don't want you to always just to hear what's on. A couple of callers that contribute um, on a regular basis, you know, sharing and what's going on. So I do thank the Lord, you know, for that. I thank the Lord for each and every one of you. And last but not least before we pray um, is this is September. So this is another month to say happy birthday to all of the September babies. 
Yes, to you that have been born in September, that were born in September, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. It is another month, another day for which you are to celebrate, you know, coming into this world. Do something good for your mom. Do something good for your mom and your dad. But I'm saying especially to the moms because they're the ones that had to carry you carry you those nine months, bring you into the world, lost her figure while she was carrying you. Some of them got their figures back, some didn't and never will, bless the Lord anyway, but they chose, they chose to let you live. They chose to let you live. And so instead of you just looking for um, birthday gifts for yourself, say thank you, Mom. Thank you for giving me life. Thank the Lord, first of all, for giving you life. And then thank your mother who kept you, who kept you for those nine months and then brought you into this world and took care of you as you were growing up. So thank you there. And with that, there's two special people that I wish to say happy birthday to that are born in September. And one is Pastor Carolyn Sewell who um, is my pastor from East Baltimore Deliverance Church. That is the church that I came from. Uh, Praise be unto God. So happy birthday to you, beloved. You know I love you and always will. And then none other than my firstborn child, Danielle Carter. Excuse me. Her birthday is on the the 10th of this month. So I just want to say happy birthday to a wonderful, wonderful woman of God, a wonderful daughter, a wonderful daughter. And I I have truly been blessed. I, I know that there are a lot of parents that can say this, you know, that they have been blessed by their children. And I have truly been blessed with the gift that God gave me when he gave me these two girls. Um, they are phenomenal mothers. Um, truly good wives, truly. They, they are gr- great wives, really, and phenomenal mothers, and they are fantabulous when it comes to being a daughter. And I love them. I, I love them. I cannot express. Um, I, I, I can't express it any more than that. I don't know of any greater word than love. Um, and And these two young ladies truly have blessed my heart and my life. And um, when their father and I divorced um, over 30 years ago now, when we divorced, it was because of these girls that I lived. God gave me the ability and the strength the Holy Spirit did, you know, for me to carry on. But, But that was initiated through my love for these girls because I was on the verge of committing suicide and then the love of my daughters, um, and the fact that on the night that I wanted to commit suicide, that was the night that I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And that was August the 8th, 1978. Yes, August the 8th, 1978, the day that I was supposed to die, that I felt that I had no worth, there was just nothing in life worth living for, Um, husband and I have broken up, you know, in a relationship that I had no business being in, Um, just everything, just totally, totally messed up everything. And I felt like less than, I don't know what, I don't know what, but wherever it was, it took me to the place that I wanted to die. I wanted to die. I felt that I'd be better off dead and my children elsewhere than it would be for me to stay alive because I felt like I had failed at everything. I had failed at everything. And so with that, um, that same night, my brother called me, and he could tell something was wrong. He could tell something was wrong, and he made a beeline over to my house, and he called our pastor and my brother was the assistant pastor of the church at the time. And he called the pastor, and 
they got together with me, talked with me, talked me off of the bridge, the edge, whatever it is you say, and they led me to the Lord. And, of course, all of you that are my regular callers, you know, you've heard me say, I mean, talk about being in church all of your life. Yep, I was I was practically born in the church and had been in church all of my life. But it was August the 8th, 1978, that finally the church was in me and that I became the church by accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And um, it has been a journey ever since. It has been a journey ever since. And um, each and every day I grow, each and every day I grow, I learn something. Um, and, And there is no way that any day goes by that God is not involved in my life. Um, He was involved in it before I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, and definitely I am more aware of it at this point in time. And um, got saved in, like I said, in 78, and um, it was in 86, I believe it was, 86, that that was the year that I totally sold out. I I totally sold out. I straddled the fence from 78 to 86, even though I loved God with all that I knew and loved him the only way I knew how at the time, but I still straddled the fence, you know, um, half-heartedly there and the other half wasn't there, Um, preaching and teaching the word of God and still holding on to some things that satisfied my flesh like still going to the clubs and and dancing. I love music. I love to dance. I love to sing. I'm not very good at singing, but I love it. And and so I, you know, was just hanging on to some things and um, wasn't doing the things that a lot of the things that I did prior to getting saved, but there were some things I had to still give up, and I didn't do that until 1986. And um, at that point in 1986, it got to the place where I said, for God I live and for God I die. And um, I've been doing everything within my power um, to continue to grow. And I thank God that, um, that he sees his blood, his son's blood on my life, because in the continuance of growing, which means also that I make mistakes. I make mistakes because I am not perfect, but I thank God that he loves me so much that uh, he perfects me day by day. And that's the beauty in relationships. That is the beauty in relationships and some of what we want to talk about today. But, But the beauty is knowing that you are not perfect, your mate is not perfect, your parents, <clears throat> excuse me, your parents are not perfect, your children are not perfect, friend is not perfect, and to know that you have a love that should be able to sustain it all. In all of this, you should be able to sustain the love when you have Jesus Christ walking with you and he being the center of these relationships. You know, so we'll talk about some of that today. But, babies, I just want to say that um, I love you. I love you. And I thank God for you. And um, once again, this is the day that the Lord has made. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, remember, as we go on um, today, if you desire to speak, remember to press 1 on your keypad. And that will let me know that, hey, your hand is raised. And you're saying, hey, Apostle Banks, I want to say something. I want to say something. And you will be able to speak. And remember, this is supposed to be a conversation, a dialogue between you and I as we go on through the rest of this hour. So for right now, with all that being said and done, 
Let us go before the Lord in prayer. I know I had a long introduction here today, a long introduction, but let's go ahead and pray. I I don't forget my father, and I don't forget what he's done for me. So don't any of you get upset because I didn't open up right away and pray. But here we are. We're praying now. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah, Father. Lord God, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Lord, I praise your holy name because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the great I am, the Alpha and the Omega, and God, there is none like you. I thank you for this day, for this is the day that you have made, and I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. It is a commandment that you have given us, O oh God, to, to praise you and to rejoice in the day. And, and, God, I choose to obey you this morning. I thank you so much for bringing us safely through the night. Praise God, safely through the night with no hurt, harm, or danger coming nigh us or our abodes, our where we live. Lord God, that you kept our families safe. I thank you, Lord God, that your grace and your mercy are fresh and new every single morning. So, God, as you shower us with your love this morning, shower us, Lord God, also with your grace and your mercy. Father, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. I ask you to forgive us for any sins that we have committed, oh God, in word, thought, or deed, in the sin of omission as well as commission. Lord, forgive us for those sins. And as you do that, Lord God, that we will be faithful, hallelujah, faithful. to So forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Oh, God, and as we forgive them, we're asking you to forgive those who have hurt us as well. Forgive them, Lord God. Just as your son Jesus gave us the example on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them, but they know not what they're doing. They don't know. And God, so many people have hurt us, and they just don't realize what they are doing. And even when they maliciously do the things that they have done to us, God, we are still held accountable to forgive. So, Holy Spirit, I ask you to take our hearts and with your hands just manipulate the heart to turn into a heart of flesh and not a heart of stone. And that heart of flesh that would love and forgive and bless those even that has hurt us, oh God. God is not an easy thing to do, but it's what your word tells us to do. So, Lord, I thank you because anything that you tell us to do, because we have the Holy Spirit within us, we are capable of doing it. It's all a choice. You've given us a choice. You've given us free will to do exactly what it is we want to do. So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I try to think sometimes, and I know I've said it. I know I've heard other people saying it that what would it have been like, Lord God, if you didn't give us free will, if you created us in your image and didn't give us the choice to serve you or not, we just had to serve you, what would the world look like then? What would it look like then? And I guess, you know, when you think about it, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know, Lord. I don't know. We wouldn't have the variety that we have, I don't think. I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure. But all I know is I wouldn't want my mate or my children feeling like they were forced to love me. I get the greatest joy out of them showing me love because it's what they want to do. It's what they want to do. So I thank you for giving us the choice to love you or not. You gave us a choice. And because we are made in your image, I have to believe that it makes you smile 
when you see your children pour out love for you, the way it makes me smile when I feel the love of my children. So, Father, receive our love this morning. Receive it. May you be blessed by it in the name of Jesus. May you feel honored because we do, because we didn't have to, and we are choosing to do so. We're choosing to do so. So, God, be blessed in this day. Be blessed during this time. Be blessed in our lives. We love you. We love you. We honor you. And we do give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Praise be unto God. All righty, all righty, all righty, all righty. All right, so once again, good morning to you all. And listen, listen, listen. Um, I want to give you a link because the majority of my callers, believe it or not, the majority of my callers are married. Yes, those that I know your numbers to. Um, you're married. And I want to give you a link that you can go on and do an assessment from on marriage assessment. And you know I've done some pieces from Focus on the Family and um, definitely, definitely love Focus on the Family. And they have an assessment that is designed to evaluate the strength of 12 essential traits of your marriage. Do you know your marriage's strengths and weaknesses? So we want to, I want to share this link with you so that you can take it and uh, see what it is that you know about your spouse and, and he, you, and, um, and see what those 12 essential traits are. And so I will, I will, let me see here. I'm going to uh, copy it and also put it on my uh, Facebook page, but I'm going to tell you what it is right now, and you can write it down, and prayerfully you'll get it. Okay, it's www.focusonthefamily.com. That's focusonthefamily.com forward slash marriage forward slash promos, P-R-O-M-O-S, forward slash focus dash on dash Marriage dash assessment. So now let me give you the whole thing again. www.focusonthefamily.com. That's the focus on the family there is all one word, dot com. Forward slash marriage, forward slash promos, forward slash focus dash on dash marriage dash assessment. Okay. So go ahead and do yourselves a favor and take um that assessment and see see how uh well you and your mate know each other. And if you can get your mate to take it because that's the way it's supposed to be. Both of you take it. Take it separately. And then you come back together and discuss it. Those, these are the kind of things that I liked when I was married that I like to do with uh, my husband, ex-husband now, but the husband then, that I like to do because it was almost like a, a date night, you know. Um, you, you eat dinner, put the children to bed. It takes about 10 minutes to do this. And then you hold discussions afterwards. So it's very good to, to um, increase your communication, gives you something to talk about and not to argue about, even though there will be some people that will find a way to argue about it. 
but it's a way to still get to know each other. And I'm all about getting to know one another. You know, we need to do more and more of that. And um, and speaking of getting to know one another, you know when we take our marriage vows and people talk about how now that the two of you are married, you are one. And um, and my thing is uh, the two of you have taken these vows, you've committed to one another, and to me at that point you're not one. You are becoming one. You are becoming one because uh, – you committed to one another, but as you grow and you grow with the Lord being the center of your marriage, y'all getting to know each other, you begin or become oneness, one in your relationship. And so, you know, that's, that's how I feel about it. Um, I'm not telling you that I'm 100% right, but that is, that is, um, the way that I see it, uh, you are becoming one. And as I look at the lesson today that we're going to go over, um, focus on the family, blessed be the name of the Lord, that they um, agree with me to a degree. So let's, let's look at this. And this is, the, this is talking about living out the I do. You know how we, when we got married, we said these vows and we said, I do, I do, I do. Will you take this man to be your lawful wedding husband, you know, to have in the hold and whatever, all the rest of it, you know, in sickness and in health, or richer or poor, better or worse, whatever the case may be. You vowed to, to do all of those things, and you ended up saying, I do, I do. And when we look at this, you know, the people um, that are expressing um that they will do these things, understand that those vows that you took were not a declaration of present love, but it is a mutually binding promise of future love. It's a binding promise of future love. You are promising, you know, to do all of these things. You're standing before God and your family and, and you know, people that are there and so forth, and you are promising to be loving and faithful and true to the other person in the future, regardless of your internal feelings or external circumstances. So hear me, beloved, and understand that that is what you did on your wedding day. You vowed, you know, to, to go through whatever it is that you had to go through or, yeah, that you have to go through, uh, that you will go through. is all about the future. It's not about that particular moment right then. Because, see, at that moment right then, you are truly romantically in love. And, that, and that's where the marriage is, you know, that the people were really in love. And I have shared over and over again that in love is a feeling. It is that loving feeling. That is your romantic love. You're in love. That is about a feeling. But those vows that you take have nothing to do with your feelings. Hear me. Okay, nothing to do with your feelings. Now you're saying this, you know, it, unconditionally, I am committing, I'm making covenant with you, unconditionally, I am saying that um, no matter what, whether we're financially well off or whether we're broke, whether our health is good or whether we're sick, you know, um, whether things get better all around us or whether it gets worse. I am vowing to love you, and that's not an in-love feeling. That is not the romantic feeling. And yet we look each other in the eyes, you know, and smiling and tears and so forth, you know, and we're making these covenants with one another. And understand that that romantic love that you have or had Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. 
But God has called us to love us beyond the romance, to love us beyond the romance. So how can that be? And the way that that can be is when we look at somebody who has seen us at our worst, and I don't mean just how you look when you wake up in the morning, seeing you with your bad attitudes, seeing you, you know, sick, seeing you broke, busted, and disgusted, you seeing him that way as well, when they see you at your worst, know all of your strengths, know all of your flaws, still yet they commit themselves to you wholly, that is the experience we are supposed to get out of our relationship. Uh, In the article from Focus on the Family, it says, to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved, well, it's a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense. It humbles us out of our self-righteousness and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that, I mean, truly, truly awesome when we look at it that way? You know, will you love me when you see me at my worst, when you know my flaws and, 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 and all there is, the good, the bad, and the ugly? You know, loving me through that, me loving you through that, awesome. And, and when I read that statement, to be loved but not known is comforting, but it's superficial. You know, a lot of people, you know, let's, let's be for real. We tell a lot of people, because we are Christians, we'll tell a lot of people day by day, I love you. I love you. You know what? And it's easy to love somebody that you don't know. Hey, listen, superficial love. I love you. I love you. And, of course, we need to love each other in Jesus Christ with the, with the love of the Lord. We need to love him with the love of the Lord. But let's go back. Let's get this statement completely down pat. To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. And see, I'm going to stop here again. Well, no, let me do the second part of it. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. How many of you have said, and I know I've said it in the past, oh, if you only really knew or if I bear myself before you and show you the real me, will you still love me? If you knew all of my faults and all, would you still love me? Or are you just loving the person that I, the one that I want you to see? So those are the questions that come up. And, honey, it's not just in marriages. It's in friendships. It's it's. It's in friendships. I have people tell me all the time that they love me, and I'm telling people all the time that I love them. But is that the true love? Like, if I say something or do something, will you still love me? Will you still think I'm a great person? You have an image of me, and let me use this as an example. God forbid it ever happens, but let's use this as an example. You know me as being the love junkie. I love, I talk about love all the time. I love the Lord. I love you and so forth and so on. And then one day, I don't know that you are around, and I'm someplace, and somebody got on my nerves. Not only did I yell at them and do so in public, I actually used vulgarity. I actually used vulgarity. Now, mind you, prayerfully, you'll never, ever 
hear that out of my mouth or see that happen. You know, prayerfully, you'll never see that happen. But let's say that this is an example. You know, let's say that that's what I did. And you overheard me. You saw me. You witnessed it. Are you still going to say, I love you, Apostle. I love you, Bishop Banks. You know, you're just a cat's meow. I think the world of you. Are you still going to love me? You know, some people will. And there are going to be others that, uh uh-uh, I thought she was such a woman of God, and she this, that, and the other, and so forth. I don't want to have anything to do with her. She talks about all this love and this, that, and the other, and her loving God, and blah, 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 and the list goes on and on. And she's out here cursing somebody out. And don't say you wouldn't think that and you wouldn't say that. I know because I've done it myself. I've done it myself. But thank God for his grace and his mercy, his forgiveness, forgiving me, and then with that being done, me learning how to forgive others, and that's how I came out of that place because there was a time when I would curse you out. I would. Very little because I have difficulty using vulgarity. <laughs> I have difficulty using it, even in my, my days before Christ. Um, you know, I had major difficulty using it, but I would. I would. If you got me angry enough, I would. And um, in doing so, you know, I knew for number one, as as I matured, got older physically, chronologically, and wiser spiritually. But I knew that wasn't a ladylike thing to do. I hate to hear women cursing. Hate it. I, I definitely don't want to hear a man doing it. But more than anything, I don't want to hear a woman cursing. So, you know, so I stopped. And then once I walked in my spiritual growth, you know, I definitely didn't want to do anything like that. Definitely didn't want to do it. But let me get back to this thing. So so all of that was, you know, to say, um, um, you know, will you still love me um, if you know me, if you really know me? But then on this statement, to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. Man, that is so awesome. That is so awesome. And this is why you'll hear me saying you've got to have a great relationship with God, a great relationship with God in order to love one another. Knowing how God would love us no matter what it is we've done, except for blaspheming the Holy Spirit, well, he still loves us. Because nothing will stop him from loving us. But knowing that he loves us that way, and that's the way all of us want to be loved. We want to be loved no matter what our faults are. And the people that you're loving, the people that you are married to, babies, they want the same thing. You know, this. Let, ladies, let me say this. This is not just about us being loved and catered to and taken care of by our men. But we have to love them too in spite of the difficulties, in spite of their flaws, love their strength, love their flaws, you know, not love the flaw, love them in spite of the flaws. We are committed to that. We are committed to that. And that's the way that you're able to live without pretense, and and you hum, it humbles us out of our self-righteousness and fortifies us for any difficulty in life that could be thrown at us. Let, let me share this with you real quick. Talk about being superficial. When I got married at the age of 17, <clears throat> excuse me, I got married at the age of 17. I had my first child when I was 18, my second child when I was 19. And um, in doing this, I was a little cutie, and that's all, of course, my husband saw of me was the cute side of me. During those first few years of marriage, I never went to bed with a curler in my hair. 
never. Hair was done all the time, makeup on all the time, all the time. And after we would go to bed and after he would fall asleep, then I would get up, go and put some rollers in my hair, okay, take the makeup off, get in the bed, go to sleep, had my little quiet alarm set to wake up a half an hour before he, because he went to work every day, so a half an hour before he got up, took those curlers out of my hair, put on my makeup, and went and laid back down so that when his alarm went off, he woke up to me looking good. Now, you know, okay, (laughs) you know, that is some crazy stuff, but that's what I did because that's what I wanted him to see. I didn't want him to see me in that stage of the hair curlers and no makeup on and so forth. So that was a superficial part of me, and and I wanted him to see that. That's what I wanted him to see. I didn't want him to see what I thought was ugly, okay? I, I, I didn't want him to see that. And, and God bless all of you that do this, but, like, I never wore curlers outside of my house, rollers or whatever. And, you know, when I see women that have rollers in their hair and their scarves tied around it, and if you can do that, great. But I was never able to do that kind of stuff. You know, so, so looking at this is would he have loved me if he saw me like that or would his, his love been based on that pretty little fine thing? that he, that he uh, saw and fell in love with, you know, and married. Uh, or when he saw the real me, would that deter him? Would that change his mind about me? Who knows? Who knows? So anyway, so how can romantic love be reconciled with marriage as an unconditional commitment, as an unconditional commitment? Over the years, when someone has seen you, like I said, at your worst and so forth and so on, that's when you're able to really walk in love with one another. And, again, that's not the in love feeling. You are able to love one another because you are accepting that this is he, this is she, and you know what? I'm loving her no matter what. Um, In the, the article, the gentleman mentioned that when he first held his wife's hand, Years ago, you know, there was passion there. You know, he got a, a a sensation that went through his body. There was an electrical thrill, you know, just of her, just of her holding his hand. This is not kissing. This is not having intercourse. Just the fact that she held his hand for the first time, there was something that went off in her. And he says now, thirty-seven years later. He doesn't get that same buzz out of holding her hand that he did the first time. But when he looks back over the whole situation, he realizes how much greater um, the magnitude his love is for her because of the fact now he's flattered by she's still choosing him. She's still choosing to hold his hand in public. She's still choosing to do those things. So the sensation that he got the first time, that's not there. But he's honored that after all of the things, all of his flaws, all of that, that she still chooses to hold his hand. That, to me, was so phenomenal. And I know from counseling so many married couples that that's something that is missed so much that there are things that have been done for us in the beginning, and not all of those things are going to stay there, but they've been done, and we miss them continuing. We miss them. I ask you two ladies, are you doing for him what you did to get him? Are you doing more than what you did? Are you doing loving things even after he made you mad? Are are you doing those things? And look, I know we're flesh. I know we get angry. I know. 
I know, I know, I know. Trust me, I know. I know. But God is calling us to a higher place, and that's men and women. He's calling us to a higher place of recognizing our love for one another, our love in Christ, and our loving ourselves. And as we walk through this journey of marriage, there are going to be burdens that you will have, innumerable burdens that you're going to have. There are going to be times when you will say, my God, what in the world was I thinking when I did this? What in the world? But, sweetheart, if you do one of the things that is one of the hardest things for anybody to do, if you do these two things, the third one can be done and you can live a good life. And that is, number one, repent for your sins. Repent, repent, repent for any part that you've played in the disturbances, the burdens, the arguments, whatever the case. You repent, repent, turn away from your wicked ways. And then what is the next one? Let everybody say it with me. Forgive. Forgive. We've got to forgive one another. We will not be able to remain married, forgiving. I mean, I'm, let me not, no, let me not take that back because some, some of the things I say, you will take it literally. You can remain married and never forgive the person. You will just be married. I know married couples that are married and haven't lived together for 35 years, but they're married. So you can remain married and not forgive. Bless you. But I'm talking about a couple that wants to make the marriage work. Repent for the things that you've said, the things that you have done, and forgive, and then be reconciled to each other over and over and over and over again. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You can definitely restore passion in your marriage. You can you can do that. Your passion will lead you to making the wedding promise, but then the promise over the years makes the passion richer and deeper, richer and deeper. Saints, I tell you that this is something that we all need to to focus in on and do our best, do our very best to live out the I do's, to live out the I do's. You need to find the freedom in love and in marriage. Um, if you commit, if you only commit yourself to loving in action day in and day out, even when the feelings and the circumstances are rough, you can truly be a free individual and not a pawn of outside forces. Only if you maintain your love for someone when it is not thrilling can you be said to actually love a person. That's showing love. That is showing love. So these are things, you know, that we we want to look at and, 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 uh, and realize. And, and remember, when you go to focus on the family, babies, I encourage you, oh, my God, I encourage you, I'm encouraging you, that this is a good site for families, for couples, a great site, a place where you're going to learn, get ideas of different things to do, different things that you can do day in and day out, 365 things that you can do, a new something every single day of your marriage, you know. I mean, it's just awesome. It's awesome. And I pray that as you listen to me today that you understand that what you did on your wedding day, that was wonderful. But you know, each year that you have an anniversary, to me that is greater. That is that to me, because you're saying, you know, through thick and thin through thick and thin, we made it another year. We made it another year. 
We worked on this. We we this didn't come easy. We didn't throw our hands up and quit. We made it another year. Another year. So when you say I do to one another, don't do like so many. It's I do until the honeymoon is over and sometimes it's over that night. So don't just let your I do be for the moment. It's I do and I will. I do and I will. I do accept him and her right now as she is, and I will continue to accept them with everything that they are. In this covenant, it says, I give you all of me. Every bit of me, I'm giving that to you. And I am receiving all of you, every bit of you, every bit of you. You can't pick and choose the part of your mate that you are going to hold on to. You can't pick and choose that. And if you're going to do that, you do it before you go to the altar and say, I do. And I love to ask couples, whatever issues that you have with your mate prior to you getting married, are you willing to live with that the rest of your life? I'm not saying that they won't change, but just in case they don't, Are you willing, are you able to live with that the rest of their lives? Your life, not theirs, your life. Are you willing to do so? Let's say you can't stand to hear someone, I'm going to say something really stupid here. You can't stand to hear someone smacking when they're eating. You know, let's say that's the way your boyfriend or your girlfriend, if you are male, that's the way they were eating when you were dating. You know you've got to eat the rest of your life. Are you able to put up with that? And like I said, I was going to use a stupid thing, but just so you can get the idea, are you able for three meals, well, normally two meals, breakfast and dinner, because you're working and so forth, so you're not having lunch together, so are you able twice a day for the rest of your life here? Are you willing to do that? Or is that a deal breaker? Trust me, if they eat like that prior to you getting married, nine times out of ten, it's going to get worse because of the fact that they're supposed to be showing you their best side, their best side before they get married, the best side. So if they sound like a horse or a cow prior to, God knows what they're going to sound like afterwards. Anyway, you get the idea. You're saying I do, and there's the I will. So remember, these promises are made for the future of your life together. This is what I will do. This is what I'm making covenant with you for, that I will bear and go through what I need to for the rest of my life with you. I will do this. And in that, when they get to know you and you get to know them, you can still say, I still love you. I still choose you. I would marry you again. So be encouraged, beloved. Be encouraged. Life is good. Life is good. And um, remember, each and every day, that this is the day the Lord has made. So rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice and be glad in it. So I'm going to leave you. (laughs) We'll meet back here again on next Saturday. Deacon Farr, I see you here. God bless you, man of God. God bless you. And um, here, just let me real quick here. Um, I I don't know if you're in a place where you can say hello, Deacon. It's been a moment, but say hello before we hang up here. Amen. Praise the Lord, Apostle. Amen. Amen. And I just want to confirm what you're saying. It's it, it, it's it's a lifetime. It's a lifetime. Be prepared to hang in there and don't give up. Amen. 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 Wonderful. 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 And I know you will keep me updated on the event that y'all have coming up. You know, for the men. 
I was telling our listeners about it. Um, you know, didn't have much information right now, but when you give me dates, times, and so forth, you know, I'm encouraging them, you know, to get their mates out to it. So let us know, Amen. okay? All yes, right. ma'am, you'll have the information right. for your next show. All right, fantastic, fantastic. All right, beloved, that is the end of our hour. Take care, God bless, and we will see you here next week, 9 a.m. on Heart to Heart, where we get to the heart of the matter. God bless. There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard. Thank you for listening to Heart to Heart with Bishop Etta Banks. Heart to Heart is an outreach ministry of New Vision for Life Kingdom Builders. Please visit our ministry website at www.newvisionforlife.com. As always, beloved, I pray that God will bless you and bless you mightily. And as he does, you will turn around and bless someone else. And then that person will turn around and bless someone. Then that person will turn around and bless God Almighty for the blessings that he bestowed upon them. And then God in his awesome and infinite wisdom will turn around and bless you one more time because you knew what to do with the blessings he bestowed upon you. I thank God for the completion of the circle of blessings. I beseech you, therefore, in the name of Jesus, that you go forth today and be a blessing to someone. And when you do, do so on purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.